2: You want opinions about books? We've got them.
1: Hi, and welcome to Unabridged. This is episode 120. We're going to be discussing comfort reading today. But before we get started, we just wanted to encourage you, if you haven't signed up yet, for our newsletter, we are currently bringing you new newsletters every week that have recommendations for things like books and movies and uh, poet, we did poetry this last week and just lots of different things that we think might be helpful, activities with, with kids in your life, those kinds of things that we think might be helpful that, that are helping us right now and that we hope could help you as you are adjusting to what's happening in the craziness around us. So if you haven't subscribed yet, you can do that on our website, unabridgedpod.com, or you can do it through our Instagram account at unabridgedpod, and it's just in our link tree there that you can sign up for the newsletter. Before we get started, let's do our bookish check-in for the week. Uh, Jen, what are you reading?
2: I am currently reading Susanna Cahalen's The Great Pretender, The Undercover Mission That Changed Our Understanding of Madness. I picked this up from Book of the Month because I had read her memoir, Brain on Fire, about an autoimmune disorder that caused her to present as schizophrenic, And that one, I listened to an audio and it was great. And so I picked this one up. This one's quite different. It's not a memoir. It's a researched book, but it is really fascinating and also quite scary. So I'm about a third of the way through that one and kind of hanging on every page. It's really interesting.
0: Nice. What about you, Sarah? Well, I'm a little bit all over the place. I'm sure (laughs) if you you listen, that's not
2: surprising, but
0: (laughs) I've started several books and I'm just having a hard time concentrating, but one that I am reading on audio when I ha- have a moment, uh, I have found it's more challenging to read my audiobooks now because I'm not in my car as often, but I am reading Catherine Center's Things You Save in a Fire. I really liked her book, How to how to walk away that i read last year so i was really anxious to read this and i also do have a hard copy of this one so once i'm finished with the hard copy book i'm reading i will also move to do, listening to the audio and trying to finish up with the things you save in the fire hard copy uh, i'm really liking it it's about a female firefighter which i find really interesting i'm not too far into it but uh, she is in the very beginning of the book. She's receiving an award, and um, she the kind of the gender dynamics are playing because she is one of very few female firefighters. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. Ashley, what are you reading?
1: So I am. I started on my Kindle. So first of all, I should say Sarah that I really relate to the audio struggle. I normally do quite a bit of audiobook reading, and. I do it in the car, and I also do it when I run at the gym, and since I'm not doing either of those things right now, I realized that the book – I was doing Megan Angelo's Followers, which I really enjoyed, but then I realized, like, the last, you know, period of time has gone by, and I haven't listened at all, and so I like that idea about trying to find – if, if they have things on script that are on audio that I already have at home, I think that's a great strategy. Mm-hmm. That way I can feel like I'm making some progress and go back and forth between a paper copy and the audio. So I think I'll try that next. But right now I am reading Louise Penny's. Sorry, listeners. I just need to say that I will, in my editing, try hard to fix my peas and my bees. I'm also going to try to say them very softly. But I ordered a pop filter that is like six weeks backed up because you know the whole world is trying to do everything remotely right now. So forgive me if my peas are a little abrasive. Okay. So one more time, I am <laughs> I'm reading Louise Penny's Still Life. I have never read any of her books and I have been, they have been recommended to me so many times as Great access into the cozy mystery world. I don't read a lot of mysteries as people who listen often know and a lot of times I don't particularly like them but I haven't really tried this specific cozy mystery type of mystery before and I am loving it. I'm reading on my Kindle and it's like Sarah said I've started I also have started a lot of books lately in an effort to kind of dig myself out of the it's not that really a slump, but just kind of I feel like I'm not making the progress that I want to make. And so because of that, I keep starting new things to try to go faster, basically. And that is never effective, but it's also hard not to do it. But this is the one that I'm making the most progress on for sure, because I'm just really enjoying the story. And I find it engaging enough And not stressful at all. And so that's been a great fit for me. So, again, that's Louise Penny's Still Life.
2: I just want to say as far as going back and forth between audio and paper, if anyone has a Kindle Unlimited subscription, sometimes you can get those for really cheap prices like for a three-month trial. And a lot of times those come with WhisperSync. So that is a great option for people who want to be able to go back and forth I've really appreciated that with some books that I want to get through more quickly.
1: So that's a great that idea. I don't know if
2: they're running a deal now.
1: I was thinking that yeah. now would be a yeah, time think to. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. typically I feel like I have so many things to read already that I haven't wanted to have another subscription because I have plenty to okay. read and to listen to. But I think right now this is a special time, and this <laughs> might be a great this might be a great time to try something like that and just do it for yeah. you know for the for the duration, as I keep saying. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So listeners today, we're going to be talking about comfort reading. And when we started thinking about that, we realized that that might look really different for different people. So we're each just going to share a bit about what we ha- what we find comforting in reading and maybe make some recommendations for you about things that we think that you might be interested in. So Sarah, you want to start us off?
0: Sure. So like I said, I have been having trouble reading novels and even even nonfiction like memoirs and things like that I've just had a really hard time staying focused and keeping my concentration so one thing that one thing that is a comfort read for me um are my cookbooks and I have just I have stacked by my chair where I read a stack of cookbooks and I look through them I read them they're very non- Scary, (laughs) you know. I'm not going to read anything that could be triggering. Uh And I love to I love to cook when I have time. I wish I had more (laughs) access to ingredients now, but I Mm -hmm. still like to look at them, look at my books, and read through the recipes and decide what I might make when we're kind of out of this crisis. So that is one thing that is very comforting to me are my cookbooks because they're beautiful and very non-offensive. The second thing <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. I don't know. Very, very I don't important. Know yes. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that I found a lot of comfort in is I have a devotional by Annie F. Downs, who is awesome. And the devotional is called A hundred Days to Brave. And I've read it before, but I have really been doing the devotions because I find comfort in my faith and her what she says in her devotions are telling like kind of in this one, especially is focused on bravery and finding courage and um, unlocking your most courageous self. And I really feel like I need that right now. So that has also been bringing me some comfort. So those are my two things that that are bringing me comfort at the moment. Awesome. I really
2: enjoyed her episode on what should I read next. She might have been on there a couple of times, but I'm just thinking of her most recent episode. She was really interesting. It, it was a we can link that in the show notes. I can't remember offhand. I feel like she was on as more than just a typical guest. Didn't she talk about yeah. other things
0: too? Well, and I mean, she is an author. She has a tons of books, not just devotionals. Yeah, I I listened to her episode too, and she's a really funny follow on Instagram. She has this thing with her followers that she it's a hashtag called called Tuesdays You Ain't Cute because she says (laughs) all these terrible things always happen to her on Tuesdays. And so her followers will do the hashtag and show the things that make Tuesday you you ain't cute type thing. So we can can link to all that. But yeah, she's a really a good follow and she's really funny and very personable. So yeah, I I really like her. Nice.
2: That sounds great. What about you, Jen? So I just in general, I find comfort in reading and i have found it doesn't really matter what it is it's just the act of reading in itself but i will say i've been reading a lot of fantasy since yeah our world has shut down here and so recent fantasy books that i've really loved sarah j moss's house of earth and blood is the first book in her new crescent series crescent city series It is quite long, so for people who like to just escape into a world for a long time, it's one of those that when you come out, you kind of feel like you're not in the real world. That was a great read, if you like Sarah J. Moss. It's urban fantasy, so it's quite different maybe from her Court of Thorn and Roses series, which I know a lot of people love. I read Elena K. Arnold's Damsel right before all of this started. I actually read that on our way back from Podfest. And that was this great YA fantasy novel with a really strong feminist message that I really enjoyed. I know Ashley and I have both loved Bridget Kemmerer's A Curse So Dark and Lonely. And so I have the sequel to that on the slate. But yeah, for me, it's just been reading in general and that act of being able to escape, whether it's romance or fantasy or sometimes even cathartic books. Like it doesn't even matter... If I find it to be overly really emotional, it's just that, okay, I can stop thinking about our world for a few minutes and think about the world of the book. But
1: nice. Yeah, that sounds you, great. I'm yeah, sure. that's a good point about the long about the fantasy series. I have had the Cassandra Clare's The Lady Midnight. Is that the right? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure the name of that series, but I borrowed that from Jen quite a while ago and have all three of those and they are huge. And I have been letting them sit there forever because they're so big. But now might be a great time to just dive in Mm -hmm. and I might find that I make better progress on something where I already, again, feel like I'm making traction because I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Like when you already know the characters and you already know the world, sometimes that can move more quickly Or just keep me going in a way that moving back and forth between books wouldn't. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, for me, I have found a lot of comfort recently in looking back at poetry. I really love poems, and there's the piece again. I really love. (laughs) Maybe you all can't hear it, but I sure can, and I know I'll hear it when I'm editing. Also, anyway, I really love poetry. I It's something that I came to love in my life. I was a, very much a prose person, both in my writing and in my reading at like when I was studying English and when I was doing literature. I mean, that was always what I gravitated toward. And then I really had to grapple with poetry when I started teaching AP literature. And it was like opening up a new world for me, and so it really changed my attitude about it. And now I find that that is something that I really find comfort in, and it's also something that comes to my mind when I'm struggling. So you know that this is a very hard time, and so there are a lot of things that I'm, I'm really focused on gratitude right now, and I keep trying to ground myself in be in the in the you know, the joy of not rushing from place to place and realizing that we have time to do things because I have very little kids. And I think a lot of the time in our normal lives, you know, every every second you're trying to rush on to the next thing. And we just really don't have that right now. And I've tried to appreciate that stillness. And so that has made me think about, you know, all the poems that I love that, that focus on nature or on the connections to the world, like that kind of thing. So a couple of poets that I think are great for that are Wendell Berry. I love his poetry. He also has essays, and so he's a great choice. We have his collection called Window Poems at our house, but he is very he ha- he's very prolific, and there's tons of stuff that you can read online. So Wendell Berry is a great one if you're looking for some peaceful poetry. Focuses on nature and also on gratitude. I think he's really great for that. And Mary Oliver is another. I have her collection, West Wind, but she's another very prolific author who has lots and lots of poems. She also has some essays. And I think she's just another great fit for poems that are focused on stillness, on appreciating what's around us. And I think I've found comfort in reading about nature, especially because our world is changing as people. But the world around us goes on, like nature is going on, like the the flowers are blooming and spring is coming and baby animals are, are coming to life. And I think like all of those things are continuing just as they always have. And I find that really comforting. Like it's very comforting to me to be able to kind of look at all the things that are staying the same in a time that's really tumultuous. So I think those poems are great for that. Another author I really love is Nikki Finney. I have her collection Rice and also her collection Head Off and Split. But I think that she's another great poet to read and Is just an amazing, really an amazing writer, and can be a very fulfilling read. And then I have one more that I wanted to um, mention, and this is a collection that is about grief, and it's called "The Art of Losing," and it's edited by Kevin Young, and it's the subtitle is "Poems of Grief and Healing." But I think that in a time like this, for one thing, that that collection got me through a really hard time in my life several several years ago, and I think that in this kind of time, it is a kind of grief. I think there is some grief in mm-hmm. us struggling to adjust to change. I think we all feel the loss of the things that are different now from what they were just a couple of weeks ago. And, and just kind of that upheaval of not knowing what's coming next. So there's, I think that's a great collection that's really just beautiful and helps, helps bring solace and also helps bring celebration for what can seem like a really terrible time in people's lives. I think a lot of the poems focus on going through the emotions of that, but also like the carrying on and how to, how to, how to do that, how to find some redemption, how to find some hope. Um, And so I think that's a great, I love that collection. And I think it's a good one to try out right now if you're interested in trying some poetry because it has a wide range of poets in it. And that would help you find some people that you like.
0: I will say since I have been friends with Ashley, I have come to appreciate poetry more and more. And uh, last week when we sent out our newsletter, last week's newsletter had some poems that Ashley curated. And uh, even my mom was like, I really just enjoyed those poems. Yeah, that's awesome. That makes me feel good. I I think, so I just think that poetry to me, like even um, I often, well, of course, I follow Ashley on on Instagram and she will post uh, poems and things in her stories. And I think that, it helps me because it's really daunting for me as a person who has not normal does not normally read poetry. That when you get those poems that are curated and you can find poets that you can that really speak to you, those little snippets that you can read throughout the day. I mean, that's really helpful. I think that it's a lot like a devotional. Like when I was talking about my comfort reads, a devotional is just a short snippet that kind of speaks to your heart and you and helps you move forward throughout the day. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I, I thought a lot about that. Like, I have been gravitating toward them, but then I also thought about with Ann Bigel's Don't Overthink It that we talked about the idea of the mantras that she mm-hmm. promotes in there and the importance of having mantras that you rely on. And I think that's what poetry does for me. It's just, like, it it helps me. Like, one from the um, from the collection, The Art of Losing, that I really love, is called Vigil, and it's by Phyllis Levin, and I'll link to that in our show notes. But, I mean, basically it ends by saying, why not wake at dawn after all is gone and go on? And it's just Mm -hmm. this idea of like, it's a really beautiful poem. And it's kind of talking about the, you know, it's a dark time. Again, this is about grief, but it's also like, you know, here we are. And, and that, Mm -hmm. and I find a lot of comfort in that. And so, yeah, I think like you said, Sarah, it's a lot like the devotionals and just like the whole, the mantras and holding on to things that help us stay grounded at a time that can feel really unsure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, did y'all want to say anything else about comfort reading before we do our give me one?
0: I, I was just going to say that I can uh, link in the show notes. The the I realized I didn't say any specific cookbooks that I've been reading, but I can link to the ones in my stack in the show notes. But one that I love and I've talked about before, it, and I just made a recipe because I did have a whole chicken <laughs> that I needed to cook. But uh, the the Whole Smith's Good Food Cookbook. She is a mom, so not that, not that that non moms can't have great cookbooks. But she's a mom, and I feel like because I often try to cook with whole ingredients, sometimes the recipes can be daunting. And I feel like she does a really good job of uh, of kind of putting curating and putting together recipes that are that are both healthy and not they don't have like two thousand. 2000 ingredients. So yeah. so I really like that cookbook and it's beautiful. So I often am looking through that one to try to find the next recipe I want to make. So I can I can also provide a list of the cookbooks that I love.
1: That's all. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't mention, but I do think like the cozy mysteries that I talked about, the Louise Penny, I think that I am apparently going to find that very comforting. So I think I plan to read some more of those and that romances are something that I've really found that I enjoy recently that I didn't know that is comforting and, and pretty fast moving for me.
2: So I think we've been publishing bookish faves on our blog each Monday, and I can just do a long list on as a bookish fave. So watch out for that. I'll try to do it either the week of or the week after this episode releases. So if people are looking for other types of escape reading or comfort reading that you can find it there. Awesome.
1: That sounds great, ladies. Okay, so I think we're going to end with our Give Me One today. And we decided our topic is something
2: that's working for us right now. Uh, Jen, what do you think? Sure. So one thing that my family often does when we have free time is go to the movies. Obviously, that is not happening right now. And my boys have really wanted to see the Pixar movie Onward. And we're kind of disappointed that we weren't going to be able to go to the theater to see it. And so the fact that some movie studios have released their current movies for online streaming, most of them you do still have to pay for. And I will say it is more than you usually pay for streaming movies. But as my husband possibly rationalized, it's less per person than it would be if we went to the theater. So we did pay to watch the movie Onward, which was great. Oh, my goodness. We loved it. I cried. I laughed. I, it was really good. It's a great <laughs> Pixar movie. I want to see that one. Oh, oh I it was it. so sweet. It's really great. Um, yeah, so we watched that, and that—that that is one thing that we're sort of strategizing big movies that my kids want to watch. I'm dying to show them Lord of the Rings, though I'm not sure if they're ready for it yet. But kind of longer things, too, that we've been saving, I think, are nice because, again, like Ashley said, we have time now so we can watch longer things and not have to worry about bedtimes as much as we normally do. Also just a more, this is a much shorter activity, but my younger son has been loving Jarrett Learner's website and he has these great finish the comic activities set up for kids. So he'll have like I think it's a six or eight panel comic, and he'll have, say, three of the panels filled in, and then kids have to finish the other panels. And my son loves to draw and he loves to tell stories. And so he has been having a great time with those. I'm really appreciative of all of the authors and all of the educational companies who have been putting free resources online. At times it's been a little overwhelming because we're sharing those among our instructional technology staff. And I feel like there's so much out there, but I'm also really grateful for it because I feel like there's something for every kid and every parent to find and I will just say I spoke with one of my good friends who homeschools and she said she used to teach in the public school and then when she started having children she changed over and started homeschooling and she just said allowing your kids to follow their own curiosity that is like the number one tip as a homeschooling parent she would offer that you don't have to plan every minute And I think our division has focused a lot recently on Genius Hour and 20% time. And I'm like, that can be the way kids are learning now. And so just kind of reframing the way we're thinking about planning kids' time has been on my mind a lot. Sorry, that was three things and I was only going to do two. But I did (laughs) just want to share that tip from my friend. I think that's a great (laughs) tip
1: because a lot of us are looking at that right now with our kids at home and thinking about how to help them continue to learn, but in a way that's going to be manageable for us and for them. So yeah, I think Mm it's a great tip. Sarah, what about you?
0: So I have a couple of things. One thing uh, is that I really we've been getting outside but we've also been having some rain and sometimes it's nice to have something structured that the kids can do in terms of physical activity. And so there are two people that I wanted to recommend for that. One is Joe Wick who is a UK PE te- teacher. He has he has a YouTube channel that has tons of workouts for grown-ups on it, but he also He is starting every day, every workday, releasing like a 13 to 15 minute video for PE. And it's basically a PE class for kids. So the kids can do it. Parents can do it with kids. And we will link to in the show notes to his YouTube channel. But I think that's awesome. And I think sometimes kids just need someone besides me or a parent trying to tell them what to do for for physical activity. So I think that will be great. I know my kids will like it. And also Lindsay Brin, who has the company moms into fitness. She has been releasing kids workouts too, that you can do mm-hmm. with your kids. And I will, we, and we'll, link to that in the show notes too but she has a lot of really cool stuff that she does with her kids and i love it because she's doing the stuff and sometimes her kids are like you know being a mom and trying to do the thing with the kids and you're and you are like so earnest and the kids are you know kicking your legs up and you know i just appreciate that and the last thing that i wanted to talk about is that yay maker which is a company that does the you know group um, I almost said the group wine drinking that's not what it is the group <laughs> <laughs> the group painting but oftentimes it's at a winery or a restaurant and it's kind of like a paint and sip situation they have taken and put have their employees doing online paint classes and normally like when you go to a winery or a bar or a restaurant and do these they're like 45 because it's because you pay for the The supplies and then, um, like, a glass of wine or whatever, and then the person's time. But online, they are offering classes and they're also offering classes for kids or kids that or ones that are appropriate for kids and it's only ten dollars or fifteen dollars my daughter did one the other night they do the classes do last a couple hours and my daughter is all about the art so she was she was so into it and she um did a great job so that is something to think about that the, the classes are kind of long but they also have some drawing classes geared right two kids so I'm not sure that they're as long as the painting classes mm-hmm. uh, and then we're going to try one of those too so I can report back but it was re- it's really nice we used just what we had at the house um, You ca- we had some canvases but we also have drawing paper and we were able to scale because our canvas was smaller than the one the artist was using it was just a really fun time for her and we enjoyed it and we'll definitely try it again and I appreciate again like Jen said the companies the fitness companies and the app companies and everyone who is trying to help out during these times. So I so it's been it's been nice to see that I think in the world when a time when we feel either scared or anxious seeing how so many companies are coming together to offer all these free or discounted activities to help to do their part to help while everyone's stuck at home.
1: Yeah, for Actually, sure. With-
0: Ashley, what's your? Give me one. Jen and so, I, I cheated today.
1: <laughs> I know. I was like, I have a few things I can share too. Uh, one thing I wanted to add on with what Jen said about the streaming is we have Disney Plus, and we which we got for our girls, and we really haven't we haven't wound up using it as much as I hope to for them for their series stuff, but. It does have the Star Wars series. The original Star Wars movies are on there and we have been rewatching those this week and it has been great. So I just wanted to say that, like you said, Jen, I mean, I just think those epic stories. It's been really fun to watch them. I haven't seen them in a long time, so it's been fun because I know them, but not it, I'm still kind of surprised by what's happening because I don't I don't remember them as well as I thought mm-hmm. I would. So that's been really fun. So yeah, I agree about I will probably be starting another series after that because it's been easier to enjoy. And we're not watching them like one movie a night or whatever, but it's been nice to do that instead of trying to watch a TV show because it just felt easier to kind of get in and out of something that I'm already in the middle of. And so mm-hmm. that's been good. But I wanted to share the the thing I'd planned to share for Give Me One is a a podcast that my daughter who is five is loving and it's called "Is wow in the world it's an NPR podcast and she loves it so much and so she listens to it I mean seriously now that she's been off of school she listens to it at least once every day she'll re-listen to an episode and often she'll listen to them back to back if we will let her but she just really is fascinated by it it's really well done it's Guy Ross and Mindy Thomas and they are are hilarious in this, which is funny because, you know, we usually hear them like doing the news and they're very serious. So, but they're really funny. They have great information and it's just, it's a very science oriented podcast, which my kiddo loves. And so it's been really fun. And what's been really cool, just like you all were seeing about how neat it's been to see all the things that people are doing to help us through this time they just started on Monday releasing a daily episode. So that is pretty mind-blowing to me since we're we're in the podcasting world and we know what it takes to do an episode every week, but they now are doing them daily in addition to their normal weekly one. So they have some shorter ones each day, two what's in a wow, and so it's these, like, facts, and then they're having to figure out which fact is the true one, and so, and they'll have to listen back to find out. So it's just really great. So I was, I already was loving it, and then when they switched to that and announced they were going to be doing that this week, I mean, she was just over the moon, and you know that that means a lot to, to a mom who is, like, thankful That's something that she's already loving. She's going to have a lot more of now. So, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And one more thing that my five-year-old has really been enjoying. So my kids are three and five and they really enjoy, they really enjoy workbooks. So I am not (laughs) promoting while we're giving homeschooling tips. I do not think that kids need to sit and do lots and lots of worksheets or whatever in order to learn. But my kids like them, my five-year-old especially, and she'll burn through quite a few in a workbook. And I don't know if you have tried to find any workbooks for your kids lately, but if you have, you will know that they are out of stock, possibly for the duration. So, because of the sudden (laughs) onslaught of people looking for those for younger kids. But one thing that I ordered when all this started was Hidden Pictures Highlights. It still has the Hidden Pictures yeah, collections. Yeah. And so just like a lot of us read Highlights when we were kids and they had like a page of it or whatever in the magazine, they they have – I'll link to this because I think it's still available. They have a set of four of those books that are just – the whole book is Hidden Pictures. And it was $24 for the four, and so I was worried that it wasn't going to be worth it. But, oh, my goodness, my five-year-old has been doing those for the last few days. And she just loves them. She will spend hours looking at looking for all of the things, and they are really challenging. Like it's a little bit too much for my three year old. I, I just ordered her a simpler one to do because these ones, I mean, I can do them, and they're challenging for me. So it is hard to find the find the things. And then, but that's just I just wanted to mention that because if you're looking for things that your kid can enjoy doing that's great for critical thinking and concentration, but that also is still available for younger kids Mm -hmm. and something that you probably can still order. Those have been a great and surprising choice for me. All right. Well, listeners, we appreciate you all so much and we really appreciate this sense of community during this time. And we are thankful to have the podcast and to still be able to connect with each other, even if it's remotely and with you. So please let us know what you are up to and what what you're finding comfort in right now and we will share out those recommendations with others so thanks for listening
0: do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today we'd love to hear them you can find us on
1: instagram facebook and twitter at underbridgepod or on the web at underbridgepod.com for a list of ways to support us
2: We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.